Welcome to Highly Sensitive, Happily Married, the podcast that teaches you to not only have an easier marriage as a sensitive woman, but to have one that feels more amazing by the day, where you'll hear relatable stories, love advice that works, and coaching on how to have a marriage where feeling upset and disconnected is a thing of the past, and where instead, a sense of loving connection and even fun and lightness is the norm. I'm Hannah Brooks, highly sensitive person, love expert, and marriage coach, and I'm so happy to be on this journey with you. Hello, hello, and welcome, my friends, to episode six. I hope you are really well today. I am doing quite well. I last weekend just had a great, sweet staycation weekend with my husband, uh, since the pandemic is raging on, we uh, we like to get away quarterly, if not more, uh, just the two of us. And so we were able to take a little bit of time. Um, our littlest went to um, his grandma's for the weekend, and we just stayed at home and we did some adventures from home. And it was just really lovely to have that time with him without, you know, little ones around as much as we love them. We love our alone time. It feels so important to us. So I hope you've gotten some of that yourself. You recommended. All right. So I want to, I want to open today, um, with a, with a little parable from, you may or may not have heard this from the Cherokees. In old Cherokee is teaching his grandson about life. And he says, A fight is going on inside me. It is a terrible fight, and it is between two wolves. One is evil. He is anger, envy, sorrow, regret, greed, arrogance, self-pity, guilt, resentment, inferiority, lies, false pride, superiority, and ego. And then this man continues. The other is good. Joy, peace, love, hope, serenity, humility, kindness, benevolence, empathy, generosity, truth, compassion, and faith. The same fight, he says, is going on inside you and inside every other person. Now the grandson thought about it for a minute and then asked his grandfather, which wolf will win? And the old man simply replies, the one you feed. I love this because it it just sort of illustrates what is so true about us humans, which is going to sound a little weird maybe, but that we have an animal inside us. Maybe we have multiple animals. <laughs> well, maybe you can decide that by the end of this episode, <laughs> how you want to think about it. Maybe we have a whole menagerie inside of us, but really we do have this wolf of hate inside of us, this wolf of fear, right? And we also have this wolf of love. This is what I'm going to talk about today. I'm going to talk about how our brain has these two parts of it, these two sides. One promotes love and one makes love very, very hard. It's very normal for us humans to get triggered, to get angry, to feel upset, right? Your irritability, you know, when when you get quick, quick, quickly hurt, I guess is one way of putting that, um, by your partner, or you get angry, or you snap at him, 
even your un- all of your unhappiness in love, your unhappiness with how your husband is, your unhappiness with how you are in your marriage. I know that that's the case for so many of us. Like not only might we be unhappy about uh, how our partner is, but we are unhappy about or disappointed in our own self about how we are showing up, right? Like if we are feeling really irritable a lot, that's a place where a lot of people start to feel bad about themselves, right? That's not how they want to be. That's not how we want to be, okay? But all of this, this irritability, these, these, uh, all these intense feelings that we get, our unhappiness about our partner, about ourselves, all of this, our tendency towards all of that is not personal, Meaning it's not really about you, it's not really about him, meaning it didn't really originate in you, it didn't come from you, okay? It came from us. It came from humans, from millions of years of our primal brain's conditioning, okay? Which is now just playing out in you. Right? That wolf of hate, that's been, that's been part of us for all the way back to the beginnings of humans. It's not your fault. right? These ways of reacting and feeling really come from the way that you and all the rest of our brains, all the rest of our human brains, all the way back through history, have been wired right? to see the other, the other person as a threat, the other person as bad. Right? To, to perceive separateness and react to danger, right? to be self-centered, all of this in order to protect us, to help us survive, to help us go on living. Right? So if you find yourself unhappy in your marriage, if there's lots of fighting or there's tension or you know anything but tons of love and joy, that's 100% human. When we humans emerged on this planet, we already had this fearful, wanting, selfish, reactive part of us. Okay, all of us did. From hundreds of generations of ancestors, right, who are under the control of this ancient primal wiring, you inherited it, right? From all from all of that lineage, like who never actually learned how to consciously work with this part of our brain. Right? That that that's why that's there in you. It's just normal and natural. It's really not personal. It absolutely just comes from your genetic evolutionary inheritance, right? So I really want you to take that to heart. We could even just say like your unhappiness in in love and in marriage is in huge, large, large, large part due to this genetic inheritance this wolf in our brain. I actually don't call it that, but I like that parable. <laughs> I thought it was appropriate. Um, so my invitation here at the beginning of this episode is to not use all of those feelings, all of your reactions, all of your unhappiness as a reason to think poorly of yourself or tell yourself you are messed up or that, or that your partner is messed up or that your marriage is. Your reactivity and unhappiness and irritability, your resentment, your arguments, all of that stuff, it doesn't mean you're messed up or your partner is messed up or your marriage is. It doesn't mean that. It just means we have this creature inside that we need to learn how to work with. (laughs) 
okay? So that we can get ourselves over more into that wolf of love place. That's not something we were taught. That's not something that comes natural, okay? So it's not our fault that we have that part of us and and that we don't know how to work with it, right? But it is our responsibility if we want a great marriage or even an okay marriage, (laughs) it is our responsibility to work with this part of our humanness, really to take it under our wing, this creature inside, and guide it. Okay, so that can work for us instead of against us, so that we can work for love in our life instead of against it. Because we really don't want this creature within, I keep laughing at calling it a creature, it's a new way for me to think about it. Um, We don't want this primal ancient part of us to be leading the show. You don't want that to be leading your life and your love life, right? Because it will create more and more suffering in your relationship when you don't know how to work with it. All right. So my hope for you is that now that you're aware, you've heard this little spiel of mine, that that these kind of tendencies don't, these sort of negative tendencies, <laughs> feelings and behaviors, like they don't come from you personally. They're sort of part of the human lineage. I'm hoping that you'll feel a little bit more acceptance and maybe more forgiveness towards this part of you and maybe even towards your relationship and, and the state of your relationship. Um, because like, I know for sure, like, if, especially as highly sensitive people, feeling bad about how we show up is like feeling, yeah, feeling bad about our less than ideal, like kind, loving behaviors. Um, like that's common, right? Like I said a few minutes ago, like I know I never liked, I always, one of my biggest problems in my marriage and in my first marriage, and even still at moments is that, is that like, oh no, like I'm contributing and I'm making this hard and I'm the one creating the pain for myself and between us. And I know that's not always the case, right? But like, we don't like feeling like we're not doing our best, right? That we're not being our best. Okay, so my hope for you is that this understanding of like, oh, this is actually just how you're wired. It's how humans are wired. This negative part of us, um, that that that's like this will this will allow you a little bit more of self acceptance and a little more forgiveness towards yourself. Okay, so yes, that's a great beginning place. But also now. Now that maybe you have a little bit more self-acceptance, maybe even a little bit more acceptance towards your partner for his, you know, his ancient brain, <laughs> his primal primitive part of him. Um, now it's time to understand it deeper so that you can stop letting it be the master of you and your marriage and learn how to work with it. So I am going to be, of course, sharing various ways over the coming weeks and months um, to do that, to really sort of become the master of, of that part of you and uh, through various levels of yourself, like we can do it through our level of our mind and through our emotions and through our physiology, right? All of those are so important. But for now, today, I really just want you to understand it a little bit more deeply and 
and the other part of us, right? that wolf of love, <laughs> um, in a very basic sense. So I love to think about this in that very simplistic way. It's like there's these two parts of us, right? This is definitely not anatomically correct, <laughs> but I, I like to keep it super simple so that you can have just like this a working understanding of your brain and how to use it or, or how it influences how you feel and show up in your marriage and how to um, you know use it to your benefit in your marriage to make your marriage so much better so you have these two parts right you have the primal part and you also have this opposite set of wirings like this opposite way you're wired right and that's e- that's equally important to understand um, you have the part of you basically that's wired against love, <laughs> that, that primal part. And there's the, the part of your brain and body that are wired for love and connection, right? So we have in us that more recently evolved loving animal, right? This is really like the mammalian nurturer and part of us that like really evolved with the mammals, the part of us that is so much more self-aware. I mean, that self-awareness is perhaps some of that's even unique to the human being, right? But um, that part of us gives us this this um, this sort of mammalian part. Though, what I like to call the wise brain, and and again, I think it's it's mammalian, but also unique to humans. It really gives us our capacity to witness and feel compassion and empathy for what's going on around us, for people around us, uh, to love and connect to others right and to communicate well right this is really like the most loving place in us the most rational and conscious part of us right so we have that part too not just the primal part right we're more than just that primal part um and so that that you know there's a lot of there's more than hope there right because you can learn to like harness this part of you, this more wise, loving, mammalian, human, um, evolved part of you, and calm and what I like to call supervise that old, ancient, primal part, right? Like I have learned to do, you can learn this, and my clients have learned to do this. So I know that like it's not just this cute idea that we can learn to do this. I actually, it's a real thing. People learn to do this. <laughs> So let's dive into some specifics. What actually is this ancient primal part? So I often call it the lizard brain. I call it the primal brain. You'll hear lots of different terms that I use, but basically those are my favorites. Uh, The lower brain. And playfully, I, I like to call it the inner lizard because it really is the it is the reptilian brain. It's the part of you that evolved alongside lizards right and i find um i find infusing this this part of us with a this term uh you know this playful term inner lizard can be helpful because many of us have a you know a serious relationship with that part this part of us it's not our favorite part even if we're unconscious of it um so it's it's fun to just create a kind of lighter relationship with it it's a helpful way to work with it um but I also want you to know for sure that when I say the lizard brain, the inner lizard, you know, the brain even, I'm, I'm not actually just referring to uh, the physiological brain. It's actually like 
not just one part of you. It's various parts of your body and your nervous system. And I just like to call it the lizard brain or the primal brain for simplicity. Okay. So what it's actually made up of is, um, the amygdala, the dumb vagus or the dorsal vagus. This is part of your parasympathetic nervous system, uh, the hypothalamus, the adrenal glands, and all sorts of other players too. Okay. Those are some of the prime players. Um, and what does this lizard part do? What is this lizard brain all about? It is all about protecting you from danger. And how it does that is it scans the environment, keeping a very vigilant lookout for what's going wrong and what could go wrong. And it's very good at coming up with those things, at finding those things. (laughs) It's always finding what's wrong. So I like to joke that this part will, will look at your husband and only see cheese in his mustache versus his face, right? (laughs) It won't see his lips or his eyes. It'll just see the crumbs of cheese stuck in his mustache, right? And maybe it'll even chime in with this, this oh, so helpful statement, like my husband's a gross eater. Ew, right? (laughs) So yeah, like this lizard brain sees what's wrong. It is also, we'd call it the negativity bias of the brain. It it includes that. You may have heard that term. It's not all that the lizard brain is, but that's definitely part of it. It sees what's wrong. It also loves to interpret other people's actions or words as threats or in a super negative way. It loves to judge and critique relentlessly. It critiques others. It critiques yourself. It insists that you are too this or too that, too sensitive, too reactive. You know, and if you've heard that from others, that's their lizard brain judging you. Okay. (laughs) Right. And we do the same for others. Okay. We judge and critique. And it tends to like, you know, in relationships, one of the things it does, it can kind of put our hackles up, right? As soon as your partner might forget to do something he agreed to do, for example, Um, Or it will catastrophize about the future. It will predict the doom of your love, for example, if you just had a bad day together. Or if your partner doesn't respond enthusiastically to like a request to um, have him make a reservation at a favorite restaurant, right? You know, be like, oh, this means this and this is that and we're doomed. We're not meant to be together. That kind of stuff. That's actually a very extreme example. It can be much smaller than that, (laughs) just so you know. Um, But it does, it tends to get stuck on the bad, right? Like on that one awful thing that your partner did that you can't forgive, right? And it will watch vigilantly for any hint of the possibility of that happening again, right? I know some of you could probably relate to that. It just, you know, the lizard tends to have its eyes peeled for what's missing and what's lacking, like words of affection or flowers from him on your birthday, right? Or um, noticing your own inadequacies as a wife or a woman, right? Really, it just gets you focusing on how you're falling short and he's have fa- on how he's falling short. Um, and it might even tell you that you've chose the wrong par- partner, right? Or that you are the wrong partner or that you're wrong for being a certain way, right? So all of this all of these things that the lizard does, really it will lead to you feeling negative emotion, either chronic, low grade, or very strong flare-ups of emotion. And it will obviously not be very conducive. It's not helpful 
It will lead to like behaviors from all those strong negative feelings that are not love promoting, that do not create more love, that create more distance, right? Like blame, control, shouting, arguments, not listening to one another, right? Withdrawal, giving the cold shoulder, all of these things and so much more. Really, it will lead to us having patterns of interactions that take our marriages into very disconnected and unhappy places. All right. So I find pretty much without exception that when my clients first come to me, their lizard brains are highly active and highly unsupervised. Right. And that's the thing. You know, the problem is when we have an unsupervised lizard brain, when we don't know how to take care of it and guide it and work with it, right? That's when it's like a toddler with a knife, as one of my teachers <laughs> says, right? Like, it's like this little toddler r- running around the house. Let's say the house is your marriage, right? Your, your temple of love, right? And there's this little toddler that's got this knife, and it's running around the house. And I actually have seen this happen. I have three boys. <laughs> At least one of them has done this as a toddler. It's, it's very damaging. It's very scary. <laughs> it's not good for this temple of your marriage, this temple of love for the house, right? <laughs> we do not want this, this toddler, which is such an apt analogy because this lizard brain, it really is the immature, undeveloped part of us, right? It's this way more instinctual, less conscious part of us, way less evolved part of us, right? since it was like evolved with lizards, right? Clearly it's much more like a toddler than a grown adult. (laughs) So I'm guessing you don't want, you know, this very immature, unevolved part of you running the show in your marriage, right? And so the good news is we don't have to let it. We can stop the primal brain from sitting in that driver's seat of our life, from, from hurting, our marriages from dictating how we think and feel and act okay we, we don't have to be in its grips it does not have to be in charge of us right but we are not going to be able to learn how to work with it well if we just like suppress this part of us or deny its existence okay it is there it's part of you it's part of me it's even in the people in the most loving magical amazing marriages in the world because it is human we will never get it out of us but we can learn to work with it so well and we do that by purposefully calling on our wise brain so what is the wise brain what is this other wonderful part of us (laughs) well again this is not like anatomically correct but um I lump a bunch of things into it in our body, mind, and heart, and brain, all of this, right? It's different parts of us. But some of what it actually is, like physiologically, anatomically, is the neocortex, the insula in our brain, the hippocampus, the smart vagus, or or what's also called the ventral vagus. This is, you know, a more um, mammalian part of our parasympathetic nervous system, not the ancient, not the quite as ancient part of our our parasympathetic nervous system all right and so the wise brain also includes the right brain and the left brain and more i won't go into any more depth than that for now but really this part of us is the wise rational 
you know, perspective taking big picture seeing part, the part that um, has no trouble seeing sort of neutrally or without judgment, the part that can notice what's going on, like that the part that can actually just step back and see and witness what's going on. You may have heard this part of this as like the witness, I like to call it the witness, (laughs) the part of us that can witness that can know that we're doing something that can see ourselves right as we react, for example. It's also the part that can see the positive, right? That can see what's good enough, what's sufficient. That can see your own and others' capabilities and goodness and strengths. Um, You know, I like to think this part of us is kind of like our wise advisor, right? That we can actually like go to that part of us to make brilliant, wonderful choices for our life and our love lives that can guide us into... um, yeah, into having more of what we want in our lives and our marriages. So like, if you remember the the mustache with the cheese on it, and how you just like were noticing that when you're from your when you're in your lizard brain. Well, when you're in your wise brain, what you see instead of the cheese on your husband's mustache is the luscious fullness of his lips and the the like sparkle of his eyes, right? And the goodness behind those eyes. You don't care about the cheese, (laughs) right? So this part's the part that can forgive and appreciate and accept and communicate with respect and, you know, come up with creative solutions to challenges, make good choices. Uh, The part of you that can be humble and nurturing and respectful and loving, you know, all the things required for harmonious, loving marriages. So I'd like to offer just a little example of sort of the two parts of the brain, the the primal lizard brain and the wise brain operating in my life. Just so you can see, like, this happens for me too. So, you know, with my first husband, I, my lizard brain loved to tell me that he's just like one of the kids. <laughs> we had two kids together. And, you know, oftentimes my brain would, my lizard brain would be like, oh, you've got three kids. <laughs> your husband and your two boys, right? When I thought like that, I did not feel good, right? I I bet some of you can totally relate to this feeling. I get this a lot from women. I feel like I'm his mom, right? Who wants to feel like your husband's mom? None of us, right? (laughs) So like passion, uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh. Burden, uh uh-huh, right? That's not a good recipe for an amazing marriage. No, is it, right? So here's the thing. Now, in my wonderful, amazing marriage, my brain still tells me sometimes that he's just like one of the kids, right? And it's this negative connotation. Thank you, lizard brain. You know, and it it happens a lot when I see him, like, being a little reactive himself. Like, when he's being taken over by his lizard brain, my lizard brain is like, oh, he's a kid. (laughs) Right? So... When my lizard brain says that to me, feelings come up again, right? Not so good feelings that I I don't necessarily want to be having in my marriage. Burden, resentment, you know, you know the spiel. Um, But here's the difference between in the past and now. Now I know that those thoughts are just a reaction of my primal brain, right? It's just the lizard brain talking away at me and that I don't have to listen to it. And by calling on the part of me that can even notice that that's the primal brain, that's the lizard chiming up, 
I can, you know, just by calling on that part of me that can notice that interrupts the whole cycle of feelings and reactions that might ensue (laughs) if I didn't recognize that that was my primal brain, right? So just noticing that my primal brain is doing its thing is so powerful. Yeah. Accepting that that part of me is there and that it's just doing its thing. I can be like, oh, like here's my lizard creature (laughs) coming out again. Yep. Hello. It's kind of like, all right, and now what? Right? So that really frees me up to get back even more into my wiser brain. And from there, my wise brain easily can remind me that there's a million ways in which my husband is not like a child, that he's a grown and mature adult, right? With so many of the attributes of an amazing husband and lover, right? And I can even go further than that, right? My, my wise brain can easily then go to like, well, I actually love parts of his youthfulness, right? There's something wonderful about some of his childish nature, right? I love the playful sparkle in his eyes and his goofy jokes, right? And Getting that that wise brain back online, back in the driver's seat, gets me back to, you know, feeling love and respect and appreciation, like deep appreciation for him. And that is where much yummier loving interactions can come from, or at least not falling into those, you know, fights and reactive, hard interactions that would be so easily easy to fall into without bringing my wise brain on board. So I want to offer you some keys to working with your lizard brain. I'm not going to, I'm just going to offer you a wee little bit to get you started. There's lots more ways to work with this and to get yourself back to living from that wiser part of you, that love promoting part of you. But for now, really all I want for you to start um, start developing in yourself is this awareness, right, that you've been introduced to today. The education that I've given you today is uh, is making you aware of your lizard brain and also hopefully providing a little bit of compassion for it, right? Like it's, it's only doing its job, right? of trying to keep you safe. And really it's like trying to protect you from tigers, right? Cuz like way back in the day, that's what we were worried about. That's what our whole of like that's what our brains were built around is keeping us alive, keeping threats out, right? And now it's just a little bit confused in this modern time when we really don't have that threat of tigers anymore. <laughs> Um, and it sort of goes haywire. It kind of backfires in, in, in love relationships. But really, it's trying to protect you. So what I'd advise for you is just to start paying attention, just to start noticing those lizard brain activities, right? The, the way the lizard shows up in your life, right? Different types of ways it's judging, you know, just if you want a reminder of that, go back to that part of the podcast where I talked about this is what happens when the lizard brain is, is going at it, right? Like it interprets things in negative ways. It catastrophizes, it worries, it criticizes, it sees what's wrong with you and him. So start noticing those thoughts, lizard brain thoughts that are going through your mind. Okay. And you know, you can even label it like, oh, yep, there's my lizard again. That's that ancient self, 
you know, that self-protecting creature, right? That ancient self-protecting creature inside of me that's acting up. And really, that's all you need to do for now is start to be aware of when it comes in. Because even that is going to shift you a little bit out of the lizard brain, out of its grip, and more into that, um, that wiser part of you, right? That witness part of you. And from there, it's much easier to do more of the work to get you into your, your wise brain. And, and we'll get to more of those later, more of those ways. But, um, you know, the more awareness you have, the better of this lizard brain. And I would advise the same thing for if you start to have like a strong emotional reaction, a strong visceral reaction to something your husband says or does, like something negative, right? And you start to feel, you know, strong negative emotion. I want you to just notice that as well. And and really even just, just I invite you to stop and appreciate that your body is having, like your primal body, your primal brain is having a reaction Okay. It's like, it's like, oh yeah, here's this animal inside me again. Here's this lizard inside of me again. Like you can even say that. Right. And again, that's going to leave, leave you just a little bit more freedom to step back towards the wiser part of you where you can actually navigate that situation with so much more grace and so much more ease. It's really getting you back a little bit more in charge of yourself and your experience in your marriage. So your capacity for having an ever deepening culture of love in your own home and marriage is only as great as your capacity to find your way back to the conscious, loving, wise part of you. The part of you that can not just love your partner, but also the part of you that can love this being with these ears that you're listening to this podcast with, this being that you yourself are. So important. Let me say it again. Your capacity for having an ever-deepening culture of love in your own marriage is only as great as your capacity to find your way back to the conscious, loving, wise part of your brain. Okay? And this is really especially true as a sensitive person because that part of you, that wise part of you, is so powerful and naturally so amazing at inviting you and your partner into more and more reciprocal deep love and that really just starts by becoming more conscious of when that ancient primal programming uh, is kind of rearing its head and giving that part of you a little grace a little compassion knowing that it's just doing what it was designed to do trying to help you the best it knows how, even if it's a little confused. All right. Have a great week. Be oh so well. Hey, did you know that as a coach, I have the tools to get you out of being ruled by that ancient primal part of you and to get you living from that wise, conscious, more evolved, loving self. So if you want to dive deeper into this, come coach with me. You'll learn how to become the loving master of your primal brain instead of letting it be the master of you. If you're ready for that and you want your marriage to not just be easier, but to be more loving, more light, more delightful, and so secure, reach out. 
my four-step process will teach you all of that step-by-step and make it simple, applicable, and uh, even fun. It's fun to work with me. (laughs) So email me to set up a consult to talk about what coaching with me will look like for you. Email me at hannah at lifeisworthloving.com or head to the show notes for direct links.